Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's podcast. Appreciate you joining us. I have another homemade uh, postcard today. This from our dear family friend, Stacy Gaynor. So, Stacy, thank you for this. You're probably listening but not watching. But Stacy is all things Pittsburgh. First of all, she's a lifesaver. Uh, she and I worked together for 20 years. And uh, she basically wrote my messages and pastored the church, and I got the credit. That's, that's the way that worked. But uh, she, um, she sent me this postcard. I love it. It has all of the Pittsburgh-isms on it. So if you're from Pittsburgh, it says things like go Steelers, which I can't subscribe to, but it says gum bands. You know what that is? It's a rubber band. It says slippy, <laughs> chip tam, red up. If you don't know what Red Up is, R-E-D-D, you're not living. Uh, it says uh, Kennywood, Dippy, Strip District, Nebby, We Miss Yins, Pop, Go Pens, Babushka. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I love it. Makes me miss Pittsburgh. So that's for all my Pittsburgh friends. And for you, Stace, thanks for sending that in. We are in a brand new chapter today, uh, Mark chapter 6. So if you would uh, just take a moment and find the location uh, I'll uh, begin reading at verse number one, uh, where the Bible says, and he went in, he, he went out from thence. So remember, Jesus has been in Capernaum again. Two big things have happened since he returned. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood was healed. And then the Jairus, uh, the ruler of the synagogue, he had been healed as well. And the Bible says in verse number one of chapter six, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. So when the Bible says he went out from thence, from that city, and went to his own country, that's a couple days, maybe two, three days walk away to what we call the Lower Galilee, to a place called the Valley of Jezreel. You might know it better as the Valley of Armageddon. And there nestled against the valley on the... On the eastern side of that valley is the little village of Nazareth where Jesus grew up. And so when the Bible talks about him going to his own country, he's going back to Nazareth. Now, what, what is interesting about that is Jesus has already been to Nazareth one time in his public ministry, and it did not go well. We read about that in Luke chapter 4. And Jesus had gone to, to Nazareth and had preached there, and the people had demanded of him a miracle. Uh, we'll believe you're the Messiah if you give us a miracle. And Jesus wouldn't give them a miracle. He said there were many lepers at the time of Elisha, and God didn't do a miracle for any of them, but Naaman the Syrian. There were many widows at the time of Elijah, but God didn't do a miracle for any one of them except for the widow of Zarephath up in Zidon. So uh, the point is not seeing a miracle. The point is believing the message. And ironically, the message that Jesus had preached on that day was the message from Luke chapter 4, where, uh, I'm sorry, the message in Luke chapter 4, which is a message from Isaiah chapter 61, which was the messianic message. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me. So Jesus essentially had said, 
the, the scriptures have validated that I am he, but they wouldn't believe it because they demanded a miracle. And remember, they would have cast him off a cliff. They would have killed him. So now the Bible says Jesus goes back to his own country. I just don't know that I would go back there myself. And watch what happens in verse number two. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And uh, what wisdom is this which he is given unto him, even that even such mighty works are wrought in his hands? Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, of Judah, and Simon. Well, this is interesting because the Bible is giving us the exact names of his brothers. Now, some would say that this instance in Mark chapter 6 is the same as the first visit in Luke chapter 4, and that may be. But the point here is that Jesus is in his home village, and people are not believing on him because hey, we know this guy, we know his dad, we know his mom, we know his brothers. And, and look at the brothers here. It says them by name. It says that his brother's names are uh, James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon. So those are the names of Jesus' four brothers. James goes on to be the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, doesn't believe on Jesus until after the resurrection, and he writes the book of James. Then the Bible says Joseph, Judah, this is the same one that wrote the book of Jude in the Bible, earnestly contending for the faith. That's the brother of Jesus. And then Jesus also had a brother by the name of Simon. So James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us, they were offended at him. So Jesus had four brothers by name and sisters. Now that kind of changes maybe your mental picture of Joseph and Mary and the family there in Nazareth that Jesus was the oldest of at least seven children. So sisters, obviously that means more than one. So two at least, four brothers, Jesus, that's the seventh. So Jesus was the oldest of at least seven children, probably more. And what happened was when Jesus preached at his local synagogue, people just couldn't separate how he had grown up from what he now was. Well, wait a minute, this can't be Messiah. He's a carpenter. He, he lives in our village. Um, we, we've known him for years. They allowed their familiarity with him to preclude them from believing on him. But I think that happens even today. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can become so familiar with Christ that we don't believe on Christ. I think that happens sometimes in our Christian school movement. I think that happens in our sometimes in our youth groups, that we are so intent on introducing the facts about Jesus to our young people, they become so familiar with him, but not in an experiential way, not in a, not in a heartfelt way, but more in an academic way. And that familiarity actually breeds contempt or rejection. And that's what happened here. Watch... Um, Verse number four, Jesus' response to them. And Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. So people honor a prophet. Jesus was being honored everywhere. Everywhere he went, people were flocking to him, as we have seen, and just marveling at his words and his miracles and all of it. 
But when he went back to his hometown, they just wouldn't see him that way. A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And what a painful thing that must have been to say and to feel that even those of Jesus' own house did not believe on him. His brothers didn't believe on him while he was ministering publicly. What a sting that is. In John chapter 7, later on in Jesus' ministry, when he was leaving Galilee and going down to Jerusalem to the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Bible says that his brothers actually kind of mocked him. They kind of made fun of him. Are you some kind of a secret Messiah? But if you really are the Messiah, why don't you go down and reveal to your to people that who you are right now, if you really are. Only brothers know how to mock like that. And they didn't even believe on him until after his resurrection. So what a, what a stigma, what a pain that Jesus had to bear uh, during these public years of ministry when his own family, his own town, those closest to him, his cousins, didn't even believe on him. Verse number five, and he could there, that means in Nazareth, he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled, he marveled at the people that knew him best. He marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. You know what amazed Jesus about Nazareth? Not what they believed and what they saw that was miraculous. No, what what amazed Jesus about Nazareth is what they didn't believe. They didn't believe on him. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus marveling only twice positively in his ministry. Once, it was the centurion who just said, Jesus, just say the word. My servant will be healed. You don't even have to go to my house. Jesus said, I marvel. And then the second time was the Syrophoenician woman up in Syrophoenicia who just said, yea, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he said, I have not seen so great faith, not even in Israel. So Jesus marveled positively twice in his ministry, and both times it was about a non-Jew. And when he marveled negatively, it was about the people that knew him best. Boy, beware of familiarity. Knowing Jesus up here in our head, but not knowing him right down here in our heart where we make our decisions, where we put our trust and faith. And so what does Jesus want? He wants us to trust him, to believe on him. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We're going to stop there in verse number six. We'll come back to verse number seven next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.